Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Tell you the greatest thing in the world. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A man who is not completely full of, I got to be honest, uh, your Attorney General Merrick Garland absolutely is. He's sitting down on the Hill right now being cross-examined by the House. Thank God, because if this was in the Senate... We'd be watching half of these guys in tank tops right now. We're watching these guys in their summer bathing suit action. Uh, but we're going to get into it on a busy Wednesday episode of the show. Daniel Turner is stopping by to discuss the climate grift over at the U.N. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. And, of course, we will have a chat with comedian Jamie Lissau, my good buddy. He's on Gutfeld all the time. Uh, he's going to come by, and we're going to have a discussion about celebrities this week in the media declaring that they are proudly woke. Everything woke turns to A lot of people feel that way. 888-788-9910. Whether you are or aren't one of them, 888-788-9910. I'm laughing. I'll explain why in a moment. But if you're listening for the first time, you need to know this is a show with one rule. It's an audio safe space for cool people. I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. I'm a conservative, unapologetically so. Uh, but when I get on the air every day, my party is America. So I always say you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, just don't be a happy Wednesday, everybody. Here we go. Uh, I'm actually technically speaking, you might not know this as a listener, but late to get down to the studio because I was stuck in an elevator with Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. What the hell did you just say? I'm not even making this up. There's some type of media event going on in the building here and they have a full costumed Mickey. Uh, and a full-costumed mini uh, walking floor to floor, and they were riding the elevators just now. Yeah, except the doors open. They were literally taking a selfie in front of me, and I almost had to punch Minnie Mouse in the back of the head. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Going to be a chippy day on the show if it started out with me fighting a Disney character. I don't know where it's going to go from there, but like I said, 888-788-9910 if you want to get in. Okay, I was telling you off the top something I tell you every day on the show. I say the whole, the party at Fox News, the reason the show works is like, oh, you guys are conservative. No, no, the reason the show works, the reason Fox News rates, the reason people tune in every day is because we're giving out perspective. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. Okay, be straight up. Okay, that's our party. People say, oh, you're a bunch of Republican right-wing attackmen. No, we're not. I mean, we get trashed by Republicans all the time because we have to trash Republicans all the time if they get out of line. Politicians work for us. We don't owe them our loyalty, our fealty. 
Okay, my job on the air is they, you know, they don't give me a report card at the end of the month on how many people are voting Republican based on the things I said that month. That's not what's going on here. Okay, what we're always trying to stand up for is the country because there's not a lot of people out there doing it. Certainly nowhere in liberal media does anyone even give a rat's ass about this country anymore. That's true. That is true. What's going on with Merrick Garland on the Hill right now? Okay, every single person in this country should be watching this and be going, oh, I get it. Okay, so, no, yeah, Washington's entirely corrupt. There's a two-tier justice system. That's bad for me. That's bad for me if I'm a Democrat or a Republican because if this becomes standard operating procedure, then I'm going to ultimately wind up on the wrong end of this thing at some point. It may be convenient to jail my political opponents now and slow roll investigations on behalf of my party now. But down the road, the other party could have these same abilities and deploy them on me. This could be a problem. I gave you that lecture on Twitter when they banned Trump and the Democrats like, it's good. They can do whatever they want. And then Elon Musk bought Twitter, reinstated Trump, and they were like, Everybody is a prisoner of the moment, and I say it all the time. We're fighting each other so much harder than we're fighting our common enemies that the country's going to hell. We've become two fat, screaming children who don't want to share the toy with each other, and we're tugging on it so hard we're just ripping the toy in half. That's where we find ourselves in this moment because this Merrick Garland testimony, and we kind of previewed it yesterday with Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan was on the show. He's the committee chairman. He's leading the hearing. Okay, here he is just right out of the gates. Two key clips you need to hear. Okay, here is Jordan catching Garland in a lie, just calling him out for what was a blatant and brazen, obvious lie about how they ran out the clock on Hunter Biden. Understand, a statute of limitations, this matters, when you commit a crime, means you have a very specific window for which the authorities can actually charge you for it. What the Democrats did with the Hunter Biden investigation is took the specific business year of 2014 and 2015 where the 20 million dollars came in from Ukraine. OK, 20 million dollars from foreign entities came in and they delayed the investigation. So by the time they started it, if in fact they had decided a crime was committed, he couldn't have been charged anyway. That's not right. They are fine printing the country. Now, again, politicians work for us. You should not be thrilled like, oh, I'm a Democrat. Let's help out the Democratic criminals. Okay, the criminals, you understand. And what's happening at our DOJ is a brazen disrespect for the truth and a disregard for any self-respecting person who's following these narratives. Understand, and this is a Thomas Jefferson quote. I say it a lot on the show. When the government fears its people, there is liberty. When the people fear the government, there is tyranny. We are living in an America now where the government does not fear you. They do not fear lying to you. They do not fear shutting down your church or your school. They don't fear telling you you can't go to a funeral if somebody's dying because COVID's in the air, even though they're letting people out of their houses to go riot and loot a Nike store because apparently COVID is so sophisticated in that Wuhan lab that when they manufactured the gene sequence, it knew if you were protesting on behalf of a left-wing cause. Obviously, that's not the truth. But you understand this is a government that straight lies to you. Okay, straight up. Here is Jordan asking Garland about Weiss's uh, charging authority. Okay, because Weiss has testified, okay, that he did not have the authority to go wherever he wanted to and bring charges. Okay, even though Merrick Garland said under oath, under oath, 
that Weiss did. You were lying your ass off. And here's Jordan calling him on a clip 37. Quote, Mr. Weiss has full authority to bring cases in other jurisdictions if he feels it's necessary. That was your response, Attorney General, to Senator Grassley's question on March 1st, 2023. You just referenced it when Mr. Bishop was questioning you. Only problem is he'd already been turned down by the U.S. Attorney in the District of Columbia, Mr. Graves. So he didn't have full authority, did he? I had an extended conversation with uh, Senator Grassley at the time. We briefly touched on the Section 515 question and how that process went. Um, I've never been suggested. My point's real simple, Mr. Garland. You said he had complete authority, but he'd already been turned down. He wanted to bring an action in the District of Columbia, and the U.S. attorney there said, no, you can't. And then you go tell the United States Senate under oath that he has complete authority. I'm going to say again that uh, no one had the authority to turn him down. They could refuse uh, to partner with him. They could not. You can use whatever language. Refuse to partner is turning down. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Do you understand? The brazen disregard, okay? The language he uses there, okay? I'm going to say it again. No one had the authority to turn him down. They could refuse to partner with him, not cooperate, not work with him, but they didn't have the authority to turn him down. Come on, don't bullshit me. You know, they could do every word in the thesaurus for turning him down. But, you know, But legally speaking, there was no specific sentence that used the word turn him down. That's the type of disrespect they're showing the chair. That's the type of disrespect they're showing you. Okay, listen to this. This is Mike Johnson asking Merrick Garland if he talked to anyone at the FBI about the investigation. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, in response to whether or not you've spoken to the FBI about an investigation into the president's son, Flat out says he doesn't remember. I mean, this guy's a serious ass. Clip 38. Have you had personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? Uh, I I don't recollect the answer to that question, but the FBI works for the Justice Department. It's uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't recollect. You don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation of the president's son? I, I don't believe that I did. I mean, come on, dude. Garbage like you just makes me sick. I don't recollect whether I talk. You know, I'm the attorney general of the United States. You, you have a lot of conversations. Investigating the president's son, it's not the kind of thing that would stick to your brain. You know what I'm saying? I mean. What an idiot. Government doesn't care. You're living in a two-tier justice system. Merrick Garland, you have to understand, Merrick Garland would have been a Supreme Court justice. Barack Obama had the authority to appoint him. Republicans opposed it during an election year, and the Democrats could have forced it through. They did not. Why? Because they all assumed Hillary was going to win anyway. Wrong. But that's what they assumed. And Barack Obama, in his naivete, was like, ah, we'll let this one ride. And lo and behold, Barack Obama was all the way wrong because they lost the election. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point is, Merrick Garland, that one burnt his nuts. Okay, and he very well has a political vendetta for the Republican Party and Donald Trump as a whole. And they have weaponized the Justice Department against him while simultaneously human shielding for the Bidens. Here's Matt Gates talking to him about optics. This is a fabulous clip here, clip 39. 
I guess I'm just wondering, Mr. Attorney General, has anyone at the department told President Biden to knock it off with Hunter? I mean, you guys are charging Hunter Biden on some crimes, investigating him on, on others. You've got the president bringing Hunter Biden around to state dinners. Has anyone told him to knock it off? Our job in the Justice Department is to pursue our cases without reference uh, to what's happening in the outside world. But just yes or no? Have you done that? That is what we do. So it's a no? No one that I know of has spoken to the White House about the Hunter Biden case. I'm wondering that. Of course not. Okay, I got it. I got it. I mean, man. You are so full of sh. And the reason Gates is asking that, and these are always snarky exchanges, is because, again, back to my earlier point of them not caring. Okay, Hunter Biden is being charged by the Justice Department. Okay, yet the president is out there at every turn, having him at public events, meeting with foreign entities, accompanying him on overseas trips, and yes, selling paintings for a half a million dollars, despite the fact that he has no background as a painter. What is that, beginner's luck? Just came out of the gate and was so good that everybody in the world wanted to buy his paintings? No. They're trying to get access to the president. It was an influence peddling scheme. Here it is, clip 40. So Hunter Biden is selling art to pay for his $15,000 a month rent in Malibu. How can you guarantee that the people buying that art aren't doing so to gain favor with the president? The job of the Justice Department is to investigate criminal allegations. We have information. Are you investigating this? I mean, someone who bought Hunter Biden's art ended up with a prestigious appointment to a federal position. Doesn't it look weird that he's making, he's become this immediate success in the art world as his dad is president of the United States? Isn't that odd? I'm not going to comment about any specific... Not going to comment, not going to investigate. Hunter's a dirtbag. But seriously, no, nah, I'm not going to comment. I don't remember if I talked to the FBI. I don't owe you an answer. It's, it's crazy, man. It's, it's In politics traditionally... The government always pretends to care about optics. They always pretend to care what you think. They always pretend to care, you know, that you are a priority, even though we always know they go on TV and say one thing and do the other. Now they're just flat out saying, I'll do what I want. I don't know you an answer. I don't have to look into I can lie under oath. It's not a big deal. And that's what they're doing. Um, and again, my frustration, I tell you this all the time, is they can get away with it because of just how much everybody hates each other. So every Democrat is on TV like, why Hunter Biden? He doesn't work for the government. Why are they wasting our time? Exactly. Exactly because he doesn't work for the government. So why is he getting so much money from foreign entities to influence government policy unless he is working on behalf of someone who does? Bingo. Hunter Biden's business partners have testified. Testified. Yo. The Bidens were the brand. He was selling access to the vice president of the United States. Are you the big man, Joe? Hunter Biden's business partner said he was. Do you understand? That's where we are on this deal. And you've got Merrick Garland being like, I don't even know if we ever talked about Hunter Biden. You said his last name was. That's what they're doing right now. Straight clown stuff going on in Washington. And the reason it's happening again and again and again is we've gotten back to a place now where the government does not fear the people. They don't care. I'm not calling for an uprising. If you listen to my show, you're lazy like me. The only way they're making an uprising is if it's an app. (laughs) You know, it's nothing like that going on. I'm not that person. That's not who I am. But I'm telling you the way we're doing politics is wrong, okay, when any party thinks this is a good look for them. Okay, if you're a Democrat cheering today 
because, oh, Merrick Garland's stonewalling the Republicans. He's not stonewalling the Republicans. He's stonewalling you. That's the point. He's stonewalling every single one of us because the government doesn't work for us anymore. They just send us orders, take our tax dollars, and farm them out overseas to whatever special interest causes are making them money. Do you and me matter? No way. Not even a little bit. Okay? And that's the frustration in this moment. It's that you're like, oh, this is good. Merrick Garland's giving the Republicans the finger. No, no. He's giving all of us the finger. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. A show that's taking orders from the big man upstairs. We're on a mission from God. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's Wednesday. We're in pretty good spirits doing the damn thing. But if you're watching the testimony of Merrick Garland over right now on the TV. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's such a scam. And I think the point I'm trying to make, we're not going to spend the whole show on this today. Come on, man. We got stuff to get to. Okay. But the Merrick Garland, because nothing actually becomes of this. It's a battle for sound bites. Over in Washington, D.C., everybody's trying to get their choice cut onto TV. This is politics as usual. It really is now. I said this yesterday. You're going to hear this a lot going forward. We're in a really dumb spot as a country because everyone's just trying to be an influencer now. It's all about clicks. We're in a world governed by clicks. It's a race to the top of Mount Clickmore. And we're no longer prioritizing what's right or what's good or what's just. We're just going after those clicks, baby. Because if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. So I'm kind of weirdly old school in that, you know, we're not over here trying to be provocateurs or shock jocks or anything crazy. We're just trying to give you measured takes on the world that you don't necessarily need to agree with. But understand that that doesn't make you a threat to me. It doesn't make you my enemy. It makes you my teammate. Okay, we all live in the same country. As the country goes, we go. Everyone has really lost sight of that in our politics. So basically, if you throw on MSNBC tonight, they're going to play every single clip of a Democrat saying, Jim Jordan, Donald Trump, January 6th, how dare you? Okay, and obviously on this side, we're going to be playing the clips that are substantive. Okay, Garland's caught in lies. They slow rolled an investigation. The business partners testified that Biden was getting a kickback. And then we'll be told there was no evidence and look at Fox and it's all a big giant conspiracy theory. And that's why we're in such a stupid place is because politics has become it was always a team sport, but it's become like beyond the Yankee Red Sox rivalry now. Okay, beyond anything you can Ohio State, Michigan, please like our politics have entered like third world soccer rivalry territory where they're like ready to kill each other and the stadium's collapsing and nobody even realizes because we're so busy stampeding one another. I'm telling you, it's a bad way to be, but we'll straighten it out next. Don't go anywhere. Come on, man. It is Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon reachable to you, the listener. At 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of the show. Kevin does. He's in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Kevin! 
Hey, good afternoon, Jimmy. As a, as, hey, um, yeah. this next election, I've been thinking about what you've been saying. I've been thinking about what's going on. It's an easy one. Mm-hmm. In the past, we've had to decide, you know, subtle nuances between the parties. But this time, huge differences. It's about freedom, the freedom to go where you want to go, to eat what you want to eat, and to say what you want to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you like cheeseburgers, if you like filet mignon, if you like ice cream, you like pizza, you best be voting Republican because they want to take that stuff away from us. They want us eating insects. Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, man, and it's funny because everyone telling you to eat bugs ain't eating them. You know what I'm saying? They're, uh, right. <laughs> it's, it's like everybody else. They're like, you know, don't drive, a, don't drive a gas car. They all drive them. You know, don't, don't you know, you got to fly commercial. They all fly private. It's all ridiculous. None of them can control the weather. We're going to get into the climate in the next hour, too, because the U.N. is asking for a hundred billion dollars to control the weather. We're essentially going to va- we have a weather vaccine coming. It's going to stop the weather the way it stopped COVID. Well, at the heart of this is is climate change. See, they want to take electric vehicles are going to slow down the economy to a standstill. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to as you were talking the other day, you know, it takes you nine hours to drive to Ohio to visit your wife's family. But with an electric vehicle, it's going to take you three days. Yeah. But why are they doing all this? Because if they slow the economy down, they take away all the stuff we like and want lower carbon footprint. Yep. That's their whole freaking goal. Oh, make no mistake about it. What the world is doing right now um, is they're going to try to declare a climate emergency and use that as a justification to take away your freedoms based on no data that they can share. It's the same thing they did with the vaccine. That is the playbook. That's what they're doing over at the U.N. right now. And Zelensky just yelled at the U.N. asking for climate change money. I mean, the nerve of these people, because there's no support for it. Uh, You know, they don't put this stuff on the ballot. You know what I'm saying? It's bureaucrats making these moves. And I think your initial comment about it being a choice between, you know, whether or not you want freedom. It's it's not an oversimplification because that's what we're dealing with. One party really does support taking away your freedoms if it means implementing their agenda, which is crazy. Uh, last question, Kevin, before I let you go. You are in Virginia. Shouldn't you be watching a delicate stream porn online right now? Oh, gosh, you should see my stack of mail right now. <laughs> and you know what? They start early voting in like two days. And the election's not even like a month and a half away. Wow. I mean, yeah, this is the, I don't know that this is what we meant when we said boost the poll numbers, but away we went. Uh, Kevin, great call, man. Let's do it again, okay? Thanks, Jimmy. My man. There he goes. Kevin's telling you the truth, man. Like, you're really looking at a really, it's a super simple choice. One party is actively telling you actively telling you that your freedoms don't matter. Okay, you can't drive that. Wait, what stove are you cooking on? You can't cook on that. Now, stop it. What kind of water heater are you using in the house? Wait, excuse me, is that a plastic straw? You can't use that. Let me explain this to you again. Okay, some of you have probably heard me say this in my stand-up act. From time to time, I will make a substantive point. Very rare. Very rare. Don't don't show up for that because it ain't coming your way. Okay. My party, again, on stage is not the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. It is the Keg Party. But when it comes to the United States Constitution, it was not drawn up, okay, to pit government, you know, Republicans against Democrats. It was, joint, you know, put together to pit the people against their government, meaning we're not supposed to be fighting over who controls the government. We as citizens are supposed to be fighting to make sure the government doesn't control us. Okay, and to be clear, 
The government controls us. The, the footprint of the government is so massive in your lives now. The bureaucratic boot on business and regulation and education, they control everything except the southern border of the country right now. I mean, think about that. Letting everybody into the country. Even at times when they were telling you, hey, ho, oh, oh, hey, ho, can't go to work today, COVID, bad. Got to get a test, got to get a vaccine, you want to leave the house. Are you flying? Mask and a vaccine. Or don't let me see you traveling without a mask or a vaccine. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, they let 7 million people cross the border illegally. Do they have any of these vaccine or mask requirements? The answer would be no. Do you remember when Jen Psaki, with a straight face, said, well, we don't, uh, we don't have a vaccine requirement for them because they don't plan on staying long. <laughs> straight clowning. Wait, what? They walked a thousand miles for a day trip? Like, we were going to go whale watching, but, you know, the, the whales called in sick. They were worried about COVID. So we walked a thousand miles to America for the day. They let us in in the face of a pandemic because they knew we weren't going to stay long. You know, sometimes you just walk the thousand miles. You get the Fitbit for Christmas. You're like, I don't know. You want to pack up all our belongings and the kids and walk a thousand miles, climb a few barbed wire fences? It's CrossFit, honey. Come on, make some sandwiches. Okay, that's not going on, but that's who's running your life now in the Democratic Party. No respect for your intelligence at all. Okay, and they're taking away your freedoms while simultaneously handing them out to other people. It's crazy. But that is what's happening. Okay, to implement their agenda, what did this federal government have to do? They had to start telling states you need to ban certain types of vehicles. They had to tell auto manufacturers you have to start producing more of these. Okay, using less of those. And along the way, as you understand, everything they're doing on behalf of the climate is making the world filthier. Okay, fossil fuels power electric cars. They don't run on the sun. And that's a good thing. Okay, Annie is a fabulous singer, not a great weather lady because the sun will not always come out tomorrow. Okay, they don't run on the wind. Okay, which is good because we're killing enough whales as it is with all these windmills out in the ocean. Okay, electric cars run on fossil fuels, and we're gutting the earth to get the minerals to make the batteries. And, oh, by the way, we're using slave labor to do it. So everybody who lectures you about oppression and, oh, America was founded at a time of slavery, all the people telling you that are employing slavery right now to implement their green energy agenda. Think about that. Democrats are so full of crap. Every single day a Democrat gets on TV and says you can't get a fair shake because we were founded at a time of institutionalized slavery. But vote for our green energy agenda because those slaves we're deploying to make batteries are going to save us all. It's crazy. Okay, but they don't care. That's the point. They don't care about your freedoms. They will take them away from you. I'm going to play you a clip in the next break, something every Democrat supports, which is censorship. Okay, what did we uncover at the last hearings on the Hill? That the government was not only pressuring big tech companies to censor speech they didn't like. Okay, they were flat out doing it for them. Here's the post we don't like. Take it down. And understand again and again and again, the posts that were getting taken down, they were true. Okay, when people said, oh, you know, if you get vaccinated, you're still going to get COVID. They were like, take it down. Misinformation. People are going to die. But everyone who got vaccinated also got COVID. So the conspiracy theorists were right. But what did they favor? They favored censoring them anyway because it ran counter to their agenda. Okay, again, the climate agenda. 
is making the world filthier. It's deploying fossil fuels, number one. Here in America, because we're cutting down domestic energy production, not only are we empowering despots around the world, but at the same time, we're now importing fuel from, from countries that burn it filthier. Do you dig? So instead of just making it clean here and using it, we're producing less of it here, which hurts our economy. And then we're buying it off of places that produce it filthier. And then we're using additional, uh, you understand, fuel just to get it back into the country. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Okay, that's reality. Okay, that's where you find ourselves. The, the government, specifically the government on the left, doesn't care. Okay, they just, they don't care. They took climate change, something nobody was in favor of. I don't mean people don't support it on some level. There's a lot of people donating to climate change. Pay up, suckers. But understand, the biggest climate bill in the history of this country was called the Inflation Reduction Act. What a fraud. And why did they call it the Inflation Reduction Act? Because they couldn't get the bill passed as a climate change act. Hey, I know inflation's sky high. Goods are outpacing wages. Okay, gas is so expensive, you got to turn tricks behind the gas station just to afford a full tank. I love it when you talk dirty. Okay, but understand climate change. Nobody was lining up. No one was prioritizing climate change. So they did it for you. They gave you a bill called inflation reduction because we all wanted to reduce inflation. And then they went out and spent all of that money on climate change. That's just how white folks will do you. I bring it up because the Fox News power rankings are out right now, and I wanted to talk about this because I find this so fascinating in terms of just how out of touch the people in Washington are or maybe just indifferent to the needs of everyday Americans. So the power rankings are always top-lining the fact that certain Republicans moved up a few points this week, certain Republicans moved down. Those are usually the top-line thoughts, and they do it in the Democratic Party too if there's a primary going on. Okay, but the top-line thought today is they were breaking down the differences between populist candidates, traditional conservatives. They then got into how primary voters feel about issues such as foreign policy, spending, and the role of government and trust in our institutions. Now, understand, these are Republican primary voters, so they are going to have a different set of priorities than the Democrats. But I just want to talk to you about what these priorities are because they're very illustrative of the divide between the people and the politicians. 70% of, Repub of potential Republican primary voters say we should pay less attention to our problems overseas and concentrate on problems here at home. 70% of Republican part, uh, voters, hey, less, less of the overseas stuff. We've got a lot of problems here at home. That's how Republicans feel. You know what most Republicans in Washington are doing right now? They're sending all the money in the world to Ukraine because big war, big war, okay, is uniparty. doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. They love big wars. A lot of money to be made. Okay, they love it. And their kids ain't going over the fight. We're all in. Let's go. There's a big lobby behind that. A lot of fancy lunches to be had. Maybe even a couple of preferential stock tips on whatever the hell technology Raytheon's putting out next. Let's go. And then when we ask, all right, we're sending all this money for Ukraine. Can we get a definition on what would constitute victory? The answer would be no. No. They go, what are you, working for Putin? Who the hell are you? You want an answer. Victory. Definition. You know what the definition is? How about you don't work for the Kremlin, you dirtbag? That's what they do to you. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, what is Zelensky doing? Firing most of his war ministry this week because of the corruption that was found. Think about that, okay? Of course there's corruption. Anytime you're sending that amount of money, okay, that amount of money, and it's unaudited? Okay, people are going to start redirecting the money. 
Come on, man. Are you stupid or something? No, they know what's going on. They're just playing stupid. Let me give you another one. Okay. On the, on the spending and the role of government, 59% of potential Republican primary voters say it's more important to keep Social Security and Medicare benefits as they are than reducing the budget deficit. Okay. Fair. Okay. And to be clear, people paid for benefits they do deserve to get them. Okay. The Republican Party doesn't cut, doesn't really support spending when they get into power. They support pen, spending, you know, spending cuts within the opposition. Okay, that's how politics work. When the two parties trade power, they trade playbooks. That's what it is. The Democrats are in power. The Republicans are like, how dare you spend all this money? Then the Republicans get into the Oval Office and they get in control of the Senate and forget, you know, the minute they get their hands on that checkbook, spend it all. It's great. Okay, but stick with me. On trusted institutions, 86% of Republicans say they do not trust Washington. 60% of Republicans lack confidence in the FBI. Okay, so give them credit. The Republicans are at least pursuing that on the Hill today in cross-examining Merrick Garland. 78% of primary voters say Trump's actions over the 2020 elections were a legitimate effort to make sure votes were tallied accurately. Now, listen, man, that's the key caveat right there, because if you think he's going to lose his hold on the party because of what he did in the aftermath of the election. Wrong. And that's the problem we have in our politics right now. People trust Trump more than they trust the institutions trying to bring him down because we've seen those institutions weaponized against us. We've seen high-ranking government officials get on TV every day with a straight face and say there was definitive proof of Russian collusion. We've seen guys get on TV, 51 former intelligence officials, and tell us Hunter Biden's laptop was fake disinformation. Okay, These things turned out to be monumental lies that were designed to manipulate public perception. Ergo, people don't trust the government. Okay, so you understand, you know, things can go on between now and primary day and the Iowa caucus is beginning in January. There's another debate next week. But understand that in terms of the people, when it has to choose between Trump or the government, they're going to choose Trump every time because the government's corrupt to the moon and back. Okay, the government is openly out there every day right now. This government putting you, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I would like to say they're putting you second. I don't know that they're putting you second, okay, because the two, their number one and two priorities seem to be letting anyone who wants to cross the border cross the border, whether they're on the terror watch list, whether they're a human trafficker, whether they're bringing coyote into the country. Seven million people have gotten into this country under Joe Biden. You have no idea how to defend a nation. Seven million people, front door of the house. And they get on TV with a straight face and like, no, no, it's it's the border secure. Don't worry about it. It's secure. It's closed. Borders closed. Don't worry about it. Don't you, don't you hate when you go to the store and the, they close at eight? So they're like, ah, oh, the store's closed. So we can only let seven million of you in because it's closed. We can only have seven million come in. That's what they're telling you with a straight face right now. That's a government that's completely indifferent to your priorities. Okay, how much money again is they sending to Ukraine? Again, not a priority for America. What is the what is the deliverable for the American people? They keep giving you this absurdity that, well, if we don't stop Putin in Ukraine, he's going to march right through Europe. No, he's not. He can't do that. He's not the capacity to get through Ukraine. How is he taking on the rest of NATO? Okay, there's no world where we can do none at all. Okay, if they were so serious about the dire threat posed, we'd be trying to end this war. Okay, we're not trying to end this war because it pays well. And that's the racket going on in Washington right now. It's never about you or your priorities. It's about them and the pet causes. And they don't care how much of your freedoms have to be curtailed in order for them to get their way. Oh, you kid? 
wants to go to school. Sorry. <laughs> Kid doesn't want to get a vaccine. We don't have long-term data on. Whoops. Can't help you there. I can't do it. Oh, you want to go to church? No, nah, that's closed. Speech rights, gun rights? No, nah, stop it. We got to roll them back. No good. What do you want to drive? Shut up. And the one thing every one of these special interests have in common and every one of these freedoms that you're being denied has in common is that there's a lot of lobbyist muscle behind every one of these initiatives for the Democrats enforcing them. Money, 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 money. The show that's crashing the establishment party. I don't recall seeing your name on the guest list. Nothing to be embarrassed about. I sometimes go by my maiden name. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon heading up Route 95 to Hartford, Connecticut. We're actually going to get on to 91 to make this work. Vinny is in Hartford. Yo, Vinny. How you doing? How you doing, Jimmy? I just gave everybody directions to your house. Don't piss off the audience. Well, I'm I'm pretty much off 84. It's not too tough to get there from there. All right, we'll figure this uh, out. (laughs) Uh, But I got to, like, you know how they're talking the climate change problems? Let's say... Let's say climate change is caused a little bit by us, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. depending Fair. on which way you see it. Sure. You know what solves problems? Innovation solves problems. You know what destroys innovation? Government destroys innovation. It's that simple. Great point. And if you have, if, if you have too much government, all it's going to do is it's just not going to let people do what they need to do to solve issues. Simple. Yeah, the free market sorts this stuff out. You know, necessity is the mother of invention. And if somebody, you know, builds a better version of something, and that's why we've lowered emissions, by the way. It's because of efficiencies. It's because of our own evolution. It isn't because of government pressure. But you get it. I mean, Vinny, we ought to run you for office. Could you pass the background check? Uh, I'm pretty sure I could, Jim. Right, as long as they don't know you called into this show, you should be fine. But seriously, keen insights. We appreciate them. We're at the bottom of the hour. But Vinny is spot on. Uh, when he says government's the problem. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon is not over at the U.N. asking for $100 billion in climate money. No, that's the people over at the U.N., including the president of Ukraine, who says we're not spending enough on the climate. Get him out of here. Get him out. We're going to talk about it with Daniel Turner, founder, executive director of Power the Future, who is an energy expert, comes by to weigh in on the climate grift from time to time. Um, Of course, if you have factual evidence to refute anything he says or I say, call in, man. This is a talk show. We're not activists. We don't care. We just want to hear from every side. We're trying to help the country. I'm still new to this. I still care. Okay, we're three or four years from now. I'm going to be a monster, like three different pill addictions on my third wife named Jenny. Like I'm going to be a mess. I'm not going to say whatever the hell you need me to say. Let's just keep that money flowing so they can subsidize my bad lifestyle. But right now I care. I bring on my family. I try to help out. I try to give everybody a voice. That's stupid. Use your common sense. (laughs) And that's a thankless errand from time to time. But it is not stupid. Okay, this is. I had a long uh, conversation with myself when Fox was crazy enough to give me a nationally syndicated talk show. And I said, like, what do you want to do with the show? Like, how do you want to impact people's lives? And I said, you know what? I want to I want to use the show for good. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Oh, I'm a total idiot. 
I should just be out here screaming for one side. Partisan shill. Who cares? My party can do no wrong. Your party's the devil. And there's a lot of people making a lot of money doing that. But you know what they're also doing in the process? They're really screwing up the country. He knows what he's talking about. So if you want to call in and rough me up, tell me I'm wrong, I'll take the beating, admit I'm wrong if you got me. That's how I roll. 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. So the conversation in this hour, we're going to head over to the U.N. Why? Because they're in town right now. And, uh, you know, the U.N. General Assembly's ha- happening. Okay, Biden gave his big speech yesterday in the morning. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Okay. Zelensky got up there and had a little something to say today. And basically what happens is, you know, the General Assembly is they've all gotten together beforehand, agreed on the agenda. They're going to scare the taxpayers into spending money on. Okay, And then when the speeches are done and the fire and brimstone is done, they pass around the collection plate to the taxpayers. Please give us money. And then when that's over, okay, and the local news networks go to bed, they head back to the embassy to screw hookers. Hubba, hubba. I wish I was was kidding. (sighs) Two things you need to know, okay? I am a former New York City cab driver. The most lucrative week in cab driving is the U.N. General Assembly because you are driving women of the night uh, who are generally working during the day as well during this particular week around the city under great duress because of all the street closures. There are two types of cab drivers in New York City. Okay, guys that refuse to work General Assembly Week because it is the worst week of traffic in the history of motorized vehicles, and it is. And then there are the people, okay, that want to work because they know how many illicit substances are being dropped off at all the embassies around town. I'm telling you because I lived this reality for several years in a taxi. Okay, but there's no bigger hustle. Forget about drugs or hookers or parking passes, because all of that stuff's going on, street closures and everything in between, there is no bigger hustle going on during UN week than the climate grift. That is correct. And I bring this up uh, because on September the 6th, if you follow me on Twitter, at Jimmy Fallon, on September the 6th, I tweeted, I said, by the way, if you guys think we're giving Zelensky a lot of money now, Wait till he shows up and start pretending to complain about, to care about climate change. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. I said it, September 6th. What did he do today? He showed up and complained and said he was all nervous about climate change. This is crazy. It's not enough that we've given him over $100 billion for a war and haven't gotten a definition of what would constitute victory. I think he's got a point. No, that's the point. We don't have a definition. No, just keep sending. Venmo more money. And again, it doesn't mean I'm a Putin operative. doesn't mean I want him to roll through Europe. That's what they always say. Well, you got to send the money because if Putin goes through, you know, Ukraine, he's going to go through the rest of Europe. No, he's not. They don't have the capacity to do that. And they reference, well, Hitler, he was rolling through. Yeah, he had a different military capacity than Putin. Putin is a gas station with nukes. Okay, they're not particularly effective in their army in terms of this ground war. Okay, yes, we've seen a gargantuan amount of bloodshed. It's criminal because the people championing it don't have kids fighting in it, but they're making all kinds of money and pushing the big war agenda along the way. But it's bad enough we're doing that with no definition of what would constitute victory. But now Zelensky has gotten in on the climate grift, okay? During a speech before the, G- the General Assembly, okay, this is yesterday, talks about Russia's invasion of the country, 
said they had to be pushed back so the world can, can turn to solving, uh, pressuring global challenges, one of which is, of course, the climate and everything in between. Now, understand why he's saying that, because in order to get money from the globalists, he has to pa- push the globalist agenda. Correct the mundo. Okay, they want to control where you go, how you drive, how you fly, what you eat. Can't have this meets too much emissions. Can anyone give you can anyone give you a measure of how switching from cows to bugs would actually stop storms and climate change? The answer would be no. No, they just get out there and push it because they themselves have no intention of following it. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, no one could tell you how shutting down schools and forcing every kid to wear a mask and get a vaccine would stop the spread of COVID. Thankfully, by the grace of God, they weren't getting it anyway. Thank God. Okay, but no one could give you the statistic. They could just yell and scream at you to comply. That's what the climate is. It's a manufactured consensus. If you're a scientist, you want to get your piece published. We did this, we did this great segment last week about how the climate scientist admitted to lying about his findings because he knew the piece wouldn't get published if he didn't actually go out there and blame everything on climate change. Okay, but let's talk about this because it's bananas. Okay, here is Zelensky saying humanity is failing on climate policy. He's failing on climate policy. And what is he really saying? Please give us money. All right, so if you don't want to give me the money for the war, give me the climate money. Don't worry about what we spend it on. Here it is, clip four. Humanity is failing on its climate policy objectives. This means that extreme weather will still impact the normal global life and some evil state will also weaponize its outcomes. And when people in the streets of New York and other cities of the world went out on climate protest, we all have seen them. And when people in Morocco and Libya and other countries die as a result of natural disasters, and when islands and countries disappear underwater, and when tornadoes and deserts are spreading into, into new territories, and when all of this is happening, one unnatural disaster in Moscow decided to launch a big war and kill tens of thousands of people. You are a sad, strange little man. So some evil state is going to weaponize the outcomes of climate change. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? How, guys, here it is, man. How do you weaponize the outcomes of climate change? He tells you with a straight face, okay, that islands and countries are going to disappear underwater, natural disasters, tornadoes, deserts spreading into new territories. How is somebody going to weaponize that? You're telling me, okay, that somebody can control the weather. And there's no world. Guys, just you understand, we can't control the weather. No matter how much money we spend, we cannot control the weather. This is a grift. And he's flat out saying climate change. Why? Because he knows they're reticent to spend more money in Ukraine. When you're firing your war ministry because of what's going on in Ukraine and the corruption, there's going to be some pushback. Do you want to know why he's preaching climate change? Byron Donalds. You ready for this Byron Donalds clip? He comes on the show all the time. Here it is, clip 11. First thing I'll tell you is there's no money in the house right now for Ukraine. There's just not, it's not there. Um, you mean there's no support for money? No. And to be blunt, we're running a $2 trillion deficit. 
Any money we give to Ukraine, we're borrowing from our future. That's the facts. Those are the truth. You can, anybody, you feel how you want to feel about it. I'm here to tell you what's right and what's real. Uh, I mean, look, it's not a good time for him to be here, quite frankly. Um, that's just the reality. And the third piece is what's happened with Ukraine is, frankly, the fault of leadership of Joe Biden. Let's be very clear of that. So do not, don't put that on the backs of the American people now. If we had a commander-in-chief who knew how to lead as opposed to take naps, then we would be in a much better situation when it comes to Ukraine and global security, for that matter. I mean, Byron's not even on the show this week. He could get the game ball for that. Okay, because he's telling you the truth. If you had a better leader, number one, a better leader would be doing what? Not sleeping on the beach with his shirt off for two weeks while we Venmo another $5 billion to Ukraine. He'd be finding a way to end the war. Do you understand? Everybody tells us this war is the root of all evil. we got to give him every dollar we have. But if it's so bad, why aren't we trying to end it? We're not trying to end it because they have no interest in ending it. This is helping them implement so much of their agenda, one of which is spending unlimited amounts of money on big war because their kids aren't fighting in it. But the other is, yes, they now have the climate agenda tacked onto this as well. Zelensky realizes you're a country right now running a $2 trillion deficit. We're $33 trillion in debt as a whole. Yes, the people of Ukraine do not deserve to be invaded by Vladimir Putin. No, that doesn't mean that we should be footing the bill for all of that with no defined standard of victory. Okay, it just doesn't. And there's no appetite politically to keep doing it within the Republican Party. So I don't doubt the House is going to stand their ground and stop sending the money over there. Okay, they don't need to send it over there. For their political benefit, they don't need to send it over there. And then you can say, well, you know, what if Putin was invading your country? Ho, 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 ho. Our country is being invaded. It's being invaded by fentanyl that's led to a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. Over 75,000 Americans have died in our country this year as a result of the drugs coming across the southern border. Okay, that's more damage than any military is going to do anytime soon. Okay, by the time any military got here by the other, you know, from the other side of the world, would have wiped out most of what was headed our way. We do have those capabilities. And heaven forbid that military uses the wrong pronouns on the way here. We'll kill everybody. Are you crazy? Oh, my God, we might nuke World War III if they use the wrong pronouns. It's not Lady Liberty, guys. It's them Liberty. If you say Lady, we're, gonna, we're nukes coming your way. It's the stupidest time there's ever been a lot to be alive, the dumbest time there's ever been to be alive. Okay, because, again, it's not that we're on Putin's side. It's that we don't feel like there's anyone running this government that's on our side. Zelensky knows that. He can see the slowdown is coming. You know, a year ago he was on the Oscars. A year ago... Every prominent politician in America was dry, flying out to Ukraine to have a three-martini lunch with the guy. Zelensky was the new Coachella. You had to get a photo op there in order to be somebody in politics. For real. The head of the New York City Teachers Union, Randy Weingarten, that activist dirtbag, okay, flies over to Ukraine to hang out with Zelensky. What does she have to do with the education uh, you know, in Ukraine have to do with what's going on in New York. Other than that, it was a photo op, and they wanted to signal their support for the guy and for the money we were sending over there. Everybody wanted to be a part of that because it was politically expedient. It's not politically expedient anymore because we're not getting a deliverable for the American people. And every single time somebody goes there and sends another Venmo or takes another photo, it only brings more attention to the indifference being shown to the invasion in our country. Human traffickers and drug coyotes have turned border exploitation into a $2 billion industry, and Americans are being killed. 
Okay, are you going to tell me there's any world where if this was a military strike from a foreign government that killed 75,000 Americans, we wouldn't have something to say about it? You know, unless, of course, it's from China, which it is. That's where the fentanyl comes from. So we're not doing anything about it. And it really does create the perception that there's an indifference to what's going on at home. And that's why nobody wants to send any more Venmos overseas. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America Last. The show that connects you to people in high places. It's like the most important man in the world standing here and you got a conversation going with each other. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Daniel Turner joining us in the next break. He is the executive director of Power the Future. And comedian Jamie Lissau is going to come by. He's actually going to tell some jokes and not get picked on. And the Gutfeld's always just like, so you're a divorce loser. What's that like? I'll actually let the guy talk. How about that? Free Lissau. That's the agenda in the third hour of the show. But right now, their opening act, Mark, is down in Houston, Texas, talking about the Ukraine war. Yo, Mark. Hey, Jimmy, how's it going? Uh, Not as good for my Yankees as it is for your Astros, I will say that. Well, you know, fortunes of of, of baseball, you know. Sometimes one team is in ascendance, another time another team. Yankees will will, will get back one of these days. They better. It's $22 a beer. I mean, if (laughs) (laughs) they're not going to win a playoff game, we should at least have topless women serving the beer at these prices. Come on, man. Uh, but well, let, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, might as well <laughs> at least have, you know, sensible refreshments. For fair, for sure. Um, so we're talking about victory on the baseball field. But Mikey said you have an angle on the Ukraine war. I'm very eager to hear it. Right. You asked the question, yes. what does a victory in Ukraine constitute? Mm-hmm. And I have an answer. Give it to me. Uh, the Russian army withdraws from all Ukrainian territory and stops fighting. That would be ideal. How do we do that? Well, for one thing, we really have to pour it on as far as providing Ukrainian uh, army and people the uh, weapons and material they need to achieve victory. Mm-hmm. Now, my concern. Uh, it's, my, it's my opinion that that we've been. I mean, I I know people throw out this this thing about a hundred billion dollars or such. Yeah, yeah. Modern war tends to be fairly expensive. Yep. But we really should have had them with F-16s uh, six months a year ago. But they, and that's, yeah. But I agree. But that they do have to learn how to fly them and all of that stuff too. And it I, I understand that, which is why we should have started that. That you know, from from now, the very moment that the Russians invaded. Now, are you concerned on any level that that would lead to World War Three? Just given that they're a nuclear superpower. Well, there's always that concern when you're dealing. Uh, with the Russians, mm-hmm. my point is 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 that uh, we always have the balance of terror mm-hmm. to to fall back on. I mean, if you yield to nuclear blackmail, there'll be no end to it. No, for sure. You know, if the Russians start start rattling the nuclear saber, we just calmly inform them that that's not going to be a good idea because then the entire world will be destroyed. Yeah, I know. But- I don't think even Putin. Well, once that, you know what I think a lot of people who work in the Intel com- community and this is, you know, why I'm hesitant when it comes to that issue is Putin, like a lot of foreign leaders, has seen the Gaddafi video where Gaddafi's been thrown out of power. He's just in the streets now as a former dictator. 
uh, who is literally impaled and roughed up, you know, horrifically by the locals. Uh, and I think Putin is mindful of that type of scenario. And I don't think any leader in his position is just going to be like, OK, I'm just going to go viral on YouTube now and get beat up in a tunnel. I, I you know. Well, well yeah, I, yeah. I, I understand that Putin's looking out for number one. Mm-hmm. And maybe as part of the deal is that uh, Putin gets some sort of guarantee that he gets to live, maybe in exile in China mm-hmm. or, or some other place. Mm. All right, fair. I mean, uh, listen, uh, what, what, I, what I applaud here, for real, is that you do, you know, you have a defined goal, and I want to take you and ship you to Washington. And if we could do that, I think the country would be in a better spot because we just need to know where the goal line is. But you know what? You pointed us in a direction, and I thank you for that, even if I didn't disagree. Daniel Turner joins us next. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm just going to get right to the guest because the U.N. just told me the world's about to end. So I'd love to hear his comments before I get into the bunker. He's the founder and executive director of Power of the Future. Daniel Turner getting his meal prep kits as we speak. Hey, man. Jimmy, our house in the middle of our street, buddy. And if I could share a street with you, I'd be a happy neighbor. Whoa, you haven't talked to my real neighbors. I'll say that. (laughs) I got to tell you a funny story. So I don't see a lot of either of my neighbors since you brought it up, but I'll tell you the story. Whoever lives behind me, I don't know the man. I don't know him by name per se, but he's not a Fox News guy. And I know this. This is a great story. So when I first moved in, I play a lot of loud music. Like Emily Campagno will come over on a Sunday and shoot beer cans. And we play a lot of loud music to drown it out in the backyard while we're getting tanked. And uh, one day, my neighbor climbed the fence, literally to introduce himself. And he goes, hey, man. He goes, my wife wants me to yell at you about your loud music. He goes, but i got to be honest. I love your music. He's like, I've had company over where I've wished you'd turn it up because you were creating a good vibe in my backyard, which is an amazing compliment, Turner. Uh, at, at which point uh, he goes, what do you do for a living, by the way? And I go, I host a radio show, Fox News. And he goes, hey, it was nice meeting you. And he jumped off the fence. We have never <laughs> spoken again. Five years. That was five years ago, Turner. Never again. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's not DVRing Hannity tonight. I don't think he is. And, you know, I, I will say that similar things have happened to me uh, um, for the entire of my professional career, especially since the Trump revolution happened in 2015. Yeah. Um, but I've never turned away anybody because of their political beliefs. But, really? boy, I feel like I get turned away because of mine. Oh, so I so do petty. think that is an example of one-sided political activity. Yeah, I don't care. The most intolerant. Yeah, no, if you tell me your kid is a two-spirit cat, I want to hang out with you. You're hilarious. You know, I, I, I love I loved having Marianne Williamson on Gutfeld one night. I mean, she was absolutely bananas, crazier than any pill popper on the subway that I've ever met in the city. And I loved it. It was great. I don't want to not be your friend. You're the entertainment yeah. here. Give me a break. Absolutely. Uh, but absolutely. We're, we're talking about the U.N. really quick. So just before you came on, I made the observation, you know, I could be right, could be wrong. OK, you're the energy guy. But essentially, Republicans in D.C., to their credit, Byron Donald's told interviewers, there's no more Ukraine war money right now. We're $2 trillion in debt. You know, we have so many issues here at home. Now's not the time for Zelensky to be in town. Do you draw any link between that and Zelensky showing up to lecture us about climate change? It was very odd. If your country is being invaded right now and Mm -hmm. you have the chance to speak before the United Nations, 
why would you take that opportunity to talk about anything but your country being invaded? Um, there's a lot of, uh, you, you know, conspiracy theories, tinfoil hat, whatever you want to call it. I just call it skepticism. There's a lot of skepticism about Ukraine, about Zelensky, about his uniform, about, you know, the numbers coming out of there, about their very bizarre transgender spokesperson who 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 is threatening to kill everybody who yeah. doesn't support the war on social media um but but so when you when you see all of these question marks that people have well this just raises another question mark right if my country is being attacked by by vladimir putin right it's not like he's an unknown figure right he's the world's number one known bad guy mm-hmm. um why are you talking about climate change right what, what does that have to do with with what your country's going through. And quite frankly, Mr. Zelensky, I believe we talked about this on your show a while ago when I saw photos of him and Greta Thunberg. Quite frankly, Mr. Zelensky, the green agenda is funding the invasion of your country, right? Oil prices are $93 a barrel right now, or 92. And the reason why is because of this push for green energy, this, this punishing of the fossil fuel industry. We've driven up prices. And what does Putin do with all of his excess cash? He invades, yep. right? That's what bad guys do with a lot of money. They build armies. It's just, uh, and so it's, it's fascinating that this disconnect – sometimes, Jimmy, I swear, I look at the world. I look at the news. I listen to you. I see reality. And I just want to throw my hands up and say, what the hell is happening? Like, like, uh-huh. <laughs> am I, how is the world this damn crazy? Yeah, we're, give, we're giving dictators disposable income. <laughs> it's, cra- it's not yes. good. It's like, yeah, I'll go raid Well you, said. Uh, It's crazy. Well, his quote, this is what Zelensky tried to do, is he tried to tie the climate agenda into the war by saying that as we see these effects of climate change, you know, uh, an evil state will weaponize the outcomes of climate change. So we're going to start to get more tornadoes and hurricanes, and obviously some evil state's going to deploy them to their advantage. Because we've all been there at the flight deck when you're like, you know what, go send a tornado to those people. You know, it's absurd, but he's trying to yeah. tie it to the war effort. And, he's, and, and I just took it as he sees the enthusiasm for the war money driving up, so he's trying to tie into the climate enthusiasm. Is there, I mean, that's, that was my takeaway. And it's just it's just pure insanity. The reason why and, and you could talk about historical reasons, cultural reasons, Putin's desire to rebuild the, 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 the Soviet empire, whatever it is. But the reason why he took Crimea particularly is a geographical proximity to Mother Russia, but also it's rich in natural gas. And Putin knows that the world is not getting rid of natural gas anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And no country that that has been able to make this transition to the green agenda successfully. The countries that are most advanced in it are suffering the most. There's an article today about the German economy contracting, and it is of, of all of the G7 nations, it is in the worst shape. And the reason why is because Germany has embraced this green agenda, which has made life completely unaffordable for German families, but also for German factories and German businesses. That's crazy. And German factories are – you know, they're, they're, they're a staple. Our whole life we've talked about German engineering, yep. German-made, German steel, German cars. Mm-hmm. You're, you're driving industry out of Germany. And so, it, it again, it's this absolute disconnect as to what makes the world go round and, and these platonic dreams of, but this is the way the world should be. That's <laughs> so dangerous. I believe in having ideals. Don't get me wrong. Ideal marriage, ideal radio show, right? We all have something to aspire to. 
But but we also can't live in that aspiration. We have to live in the real world. And I feel like we're fighting with people who live in aspirations, and the real world is kicking them in the teeth. Yeah, it's funny. Daniel Turner's on the line, founder, executive director of Power of the Future. Germany was such a model country for the world in terms of their industry. At one point, Obama hacked Angela Merkel's emails. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to figure out how they do it. We're going to hack this exactly. lady's emails. Exactly. German, and, and just to give concrete numbers, so Americans pay on average, we used to pay 11 cents per kilowatt hour. Mm-hmm. Um, we now pay 15 because of Joe Biden, right? So, so just take 11 as your base point. Germany in the year 2000 was paying 9 cents mm-hmm. per kilowatt hour. So they were paying less than America. They were paying up to $7 last year. So imagine your bill going from 9 cents per kilowatt hour to $7. Well, that's how these German factories were suddenly getting electric bills for $80,000. German families were getting electric bills for $1,500 a month. That's insane. Now, the German parliament capped it because they had to, but that doesn't mean it doesn't cost $7. That just means the government's swallowing the difference. I mean, that is what bankrupts nations. And if anyone knows their history, when you bankrupt Germany and anger a whole bunch of young German men, it doesn't end well for the world, right? Like we've seen this a couple times in the last in the last hundred years. Yeah. So it's fascinating to see us, hum, you know, Germany humiliating itself again on the world stage. So wow, that's going to be bad. It's so and, bad. and it will. Yeah. Well, this it's is just going to be bad. Well, this is the yeah. thing. I, it's like. For all of this pie in the sky, we've got to save the world stuff. It's like no one has explained to me how it would how it would alter the weather, because essentially what they're offering us is a weather vaccine. You know how the vaccine was going to stop the spread of covid. If we spend all of this money, it's going to stop the spread of, of natural disasters. But I don't know if the human vaccine didn't work. I don't know that the weather vaccine is going to work. I don't know how the world hinges on one degree Celsius. And they keep telling us if we spend trillions of dollars, we can stop the world's temperature from rising one degree Celsius. I got to tell you, if Mother Earth is, is on the brink of destruction because of one degree Celsius, knowing that in the past we have been 30 degrees warmer than we are right now. When the dinosaurs roamed the earth, the only thing Jurassic Park got wrong, well, I mean, it got a lot of things wrong, but the other thing that the Jurassic Park got really wrong is that the weather was around 45 degrees Fahrenheit hotter than it is right now. So the dinosaurs probably, if we brought them back to life, would be very cold, and they'd probably just sit around because they were free, unless we gave them big sweaters, <laughs> big dinosaur sweaters, they right? Can't. So <laughs> the whole planet is bordering on this one degree Celsius, and you've got the U.N. General Secretary Guterres screaming today about the end of the world, about this is it. We're all going to – the planet is headed to hell. We've opened the gates of hell. And I just want to ask him, Mr. Secretary General, you watched two million Africans get slaughtered, the Hutus and the Tutsis. They got slaughtered by machete, and all your peacekeepers did was loot and rape and steal. Yep. You have lost your moral authority as the United Nations to tell us about anything bad going on. Oh, it is so crazy. It's so true. And then you get Biden who jumps in with, well, climate's a bigger threat than nuclear war. I mean, mean, come on, man. Really? What? Remember growing up in the city in the 80s when we we were told that Russians were going to bomb us any day and my dad saying, if the bombs come, we're only a mile from, from Empire State Building. If the bombs come, we'll sit on the roof and we'll be dead before we know it. Now I wish my dad was still with us so I could ask him, Dad, what do we do in New York if climate change comes? Because the roof isn't high enough. We need to. We need to. <laughs> so, 
It's so funny. It is. So, it's so funny because you know, like the climate people can link anything to climate change with a straight face. They are as crazy as like. Yeah, we all have a vaccine friend. And again, I, the vaccine didn't work, but we all have a vaccine friend who's too conspiratorial. Like if a guy goes parachuting and it doesn't open and he dies, he's like, is the guy vaccinated? <laughs> like, no, but it's, <laughs> listen, it didn't stop transmission. I agree with you, but I don't know that Bill Gates vaccinated the backpacks. I don't know that that went yeah. on, but everyone and that's the climate people. It doesn't matter what happened. Like, well, the climate, obviously, I'm like Dude, the Yankees lost five two. climate change had nothing to do with it. It is, and it's a perfect analogy to COVID because the first step of COVID and the first step of climate is constant fear-mongering. Yes. You have to have the people be afraid. You are going to die. We are going to die. There is a countdown clock, whether it was Dr. Fauci saying that millions of people will die this winter or whether it's Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez saying we only have 12 years left before we are dead from climate change. Fear is the absolute necessary first step in the agenda. And if people are afraid, they do irrational things like eat hamburgers in little circles and then standing up to put their mask on to go to the bathroom or paying a higher tax, thinking that somehow it's going to stop tornadoes from happening. Fear is a terrible motivating. It's Machiavellian, quite frankly, and it is a terrible motivating uh, 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 force that sadly our elected leaders use all the time now. Fear. Spot on. Fear and manufactured consensus, because that's what the vaccine science was. It was a manufactured consensus. Hey, you want to get your paper published? You better say it didn't start in a lab, and you better yep. say it works. And that's the climate. We did that climate scientist last week who said, you know, remember, he was only going to get his piece published if, if, if he omitted <laughs> certain data. Yeah. Absolutely, which is, which is tragic. And then they have the nerve then, Jimmy, which is what's the frustrating thing, is they have the nerve to say that we are unscientific. We don't believe in science. We deny science. And you say, you know, you're all just a bunch of, 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 of communist robots, quite frankly. Yep. We're the good guys in this battle. Yep. We are always the good guys. No, we're not, we're not wrong, especially when you follow the science and it leads to an ATM machine. You know, it's not exactly (laughs) that's not science. That's a pin code. That's, you know, come on, Daniel Turner. Exactly. And there's a trillion dollars on the line. Biden administration, Chuck Schumer have bragged about how much money is in the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, If there's a trillion dollars on the line, someone is going to get rich. It's not going to be you. It's not going to be me. But someone just like with COVID, someone is going to get very, very rich in this process. And if you don't think people who are at risk of losing a trillion dollars at their fingertips will lie and cheat and steal and defame people, uh, you know, then you don't live in real world. I I think the left sometimes tries to pretend they're these noble little vegans wearing Birkenstocks who just (laughs) just care about the earth. Big Green is dirtier, filthier, liar, cheater more than any other big out there. Big oil, big pharma, Big Green is the worst of them. It really is. And you know what's funny about it, and we could end it on that, is that To build on your point, everybody on the left who likes to scream at us because the country was founded at a time of institutional slavery is actually deploying slave labor to make a lot of this green energy stuff happen. Yeah, that's a great point. I was just thinking that knowing that Prince William, uh, his royal highness, is in New York right now for his Earthshot project. And I want to say your your green agenda has more people enslaved right now than when your five times great grandfather ended slavery in the 1700s. And so yep. rather than Earthshot Prize, Your Royal Highness, maybe you could do something to end worldwide slavery again. Imagine that. But you know what that would do to their overhead? <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're making this kind of money. <laughs> I mean, they're just, you know, you know the, the scene in Goodfellas, F you pay me. 
That is climate yeah. science. It's no different than vaccine science. Scare the hell out of these people and F you pay me. You get it. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You, you <laughs> articulated it perfectly. Good job, Henry Hill. We'll do it again soon. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. You're the best. See ya. The great Daniel Turner. But he is spot on. Okay, if you're new to climate, go back to the vaccine. The way the vaccine happened is they scared the hell out of people scared the death out of them and manufactured a scientific consensus by telling every doctor that if they didn't say it naturally occurred and that you had to get the vaccine, they were never going to get published. They were never going to get funded. Okay, your fear equals their money. Welcome back to Scared at Five. I'm Don Deathly. Sue Strangler is in for Don Drownham. Take it away, Sue. Is there a 45-foot boa constrictor living inside your household plumbing? And does it have COVID? It's a long story, and we'll unravel it later. But first... Do Instagram filters cause cancer? And do the filters have COVID? It's hard to picture, but there's no airbrushing the fact that it's possible. We'll have the photo finish around the corner. But first, can microwave popcorn give you a... And does Ebola have COVID? We'll have a kernel of truth in seconds, but first... A public service announcement about the brain-killing parasite that could be in your drinking water. And if it does kill you, could your coffin have COVID? Find out next on Scared at Five, your home for news so good it's terrifying. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking with Jamie Lissau in the next hour. Talking to Alex right now. Alex! Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for taking the call. And by the way, I, I love that terrifying news briefing. I just absolutely love it. Scared it's, it's at so five! <laughs> That's funny. That's what they do! Oh, my God. Actually, I did stop eating microwave popcorn when I found out that it is unhealthy because it actually is. But I wanted to say about the climate change thing and Joe Biden saying that the existential threat facing the United States and the world is climate change. And, you know, according to Democrats, if it's not addressed within the next 20, 40 years or 100 years, the world is going to be destroyed by climate change. But the thing is, uh, um, you know, there are other threats facing the United States, like Iran obtaining nuclear and Joe Biden helping them get there with by, you know, freeing up $6 billion for them. And then we got Joe Biden portraying weakness on the world stage, which, which got us into this Russia-Ukraine war. And, and those things are getting us closer to, to a nuclear war. At the rate it's going, it seems like we'll be there, God forbid, within five years. And if we have a nuclear war, you know, within five years from now, it won't matter what the weather will be like in 20, 30, or 100 years from now. The world, God forbid, doesn't exist, and I hope that doesn't happen. So, uh, Jimmy, I think the biggest threat facing the United States and the world is another Biden-like presidential term uh, in 24, because this, these things have to be addressed, because those are serious threats. And uh, if we care about the environment, I guess we want the world to exist in 2040 years from now. So, I mean, man, oh boy, oh man. I, I just, I, I listen, the, either way you slice it, it is ridiculous. And I appreciate you taking the time to point it out, Alex. Uh, I think they're going to put you down as a maybe, as a climate donor. Uh, and I will be there right there on the list next to you. <laughs> Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you're damn right it is. And this whole big, fat, giant world is on fire. We are about to roast some radio marshmallows. 
with a friend of ours, okay? You know in Donnie Brasco, when somebody says, like, he's a friend of mine, he's a local knock-around guy, no big deal. But if he's a friend of ours, he's a made guy. Treat him with respect. Well, joining us now is a comedian you can watch on Gutfeld tonight. And you can see him in person, ahum, December 9th at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho, a place I just was, a place I have great fondness for, uh, Jamie Lissau. In studio, the crowd is bananas. we got to try to get them under control. This is crazy. I mean, it's crazy. The chicken wire is up. No one's throwing beer, though. Great to see you. Great to see you. Yeah, you sold out the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. It's such a good audience. It is such a... And they're going to love you so much. It is like the most, you know, as we, you've been on the road, um, you're doing Gutfeld so much, you were just on the road with them, and you were in Reading. It was unbelievable. Yes, it's crazy. And I you, walked off stage, and Greg goes, what do you think? And I go, there's nowhere to go but down. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm over. in Harrisburg tomorrow. It's- <laughs> alone. <laughs> well, I will tell you this, man. It is, as Gutfeld audiences go, Boise, Idaho is, just, you know, it's amazing. I can't wait. The only thing I don't love, I love Boise. Mm-hmm. Got a girl that I, uh, my yeah. girlfriend's from Boise, and when you meet them, did you notice like if you go, they go, you go, hey, it's good to be in Boise, mm. and they go, hey, it's Boise, oh, and I go, I go, I just got here. You just insult me right out of the gate. <laughs> I, ju- I literally well, just got here. Well, the difference between you and me is me showing up to Boise with this accent makes them think witness protection. <laughs> so like, I was there an hour, and like three people had asked me to kill someone for money. I'm like, no, <laughs> just it's comedy tonight. I left that profession behind. But Lissau is helping me in this hour have a little bit of a state of the union in show business because in addition to appearing at the Egyptian on December 9th, you're headed off to Vegas this weekend. And that flight to Vegas, where are you, at the Tropicana? I'm at the, the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana. Laugh mm-hmm. Factory at the Tropicana. That flight, every time I go into Vegas and out of Vegas, I find it to be very introspective. Mm-hmm. That's why it meant a lot for me to get you on the show today because I know that's a length of flight. And you fly back and forth from Alaska. Mm-hmm. Every one of my cross-country flights involve at some point a state of the union. Mm-hmm. Like I take stock in the world, things I'm going to talk about when you land. Mm-hmm. But we all go through the what does it all mean phase at 37,000 feet. So it's a good day to have you on the show because there are other comics going through their what does it all mean phase. Okay. You're so right about the introspect. I was sitting in, I get, I've never, I don't think I've ever bought a first class ticket, but oh. I sit in first class a lot because you get upgraded yeah, yeah. for free. And I was sitting there and there was this little kid, not little, but like 10 years old, like reminding me of one of my kids. Oh. And I can see him looking at me in first class and I, and he goes like, oh, how do you sit up there? And I just go because he was really cute. I just go, hey, just just you can just never see your family. And then <laughs> you get all these miles and then you get to sit up here. I was trying to make him feel better about <laughs> you're, fil- you're filming a, coach. a sequel to up in the air right now. Yeah. It's <laughs> where's Walter Kern when we need him. Yeah, I'll be excited when the when the captain comes out. I'll still be excited. I will have never gone to that lady's house. Found out she was married. <laughs> well, my son, uh, Lincoln Fala, famously, we were flying out uh, to Carson. Uh, one of our uh, shared destinations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shout out to the Carson Nugget, Dean DeLulo. We know you're listening. Hey, girl. Uh, me and Lincoln <laughs> were flying out to Carson. You know, he doesn't fly a lot. So he didn't understand that there was some type of, like, demarcation point where, like, coach class ends and first class begins. Sure, so what happened sure. to Lincoln is very funny, is we were flying, like, Delta Comfort Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mean to ball out on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I flew. That's not a better. I, I, I did, flew uh, Comfort Minus. On I the way did. Here. Yeah, I did. Oh, the, we, I was joke. Like, I'm flying in. You know how they have, like, 91 classes now? Uh-huh. They're like, yeah, we're now boarding rodeo injury. <laughs> <You're> like, Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> Divorced with bad credit, working on a visa. I'm like, really? That's a thing? But uh, Lincoln, we were in. Lincoln went to the back of the plane to go to the bathroom. There was mm-hmm. a line. And without thinking, he's like, he 
he remembered that there was a, a bathroom in the front. Sure. So, like, straight turned around and did, like, an Usain Bolt to the front bathroom, mm-hmm. but had to physically grab the curtain and throw it to the side. No regard for its existence. He was just going to go take a whiz in the coach in the first-class bathroom. I did that so many times when I was married, just trying to catch my wife. Yeah. <laughs> through that <laughs> you, curtain to the you side. You two get out of there. But you can't blame your son. That's what you would think. There's two yeah. bathrooms. He's yeah. not flown before. He yeah, goes, I'm going to go to this I one. I can't go to one. It's like we've segregated planes, yeah. but we've segregated by finance. Have you ever had where the person from coach gets up, doesn't realize that there's a bathroom, and then they go through, they're in the bathroom, they didn't get caught, and then as they come out, they make an announcement to embarrass that person that the (laughs) first-class restroom is only for people. It's my favorite thing. They wait till they're just slowly coming out, and they go, just a reminder that the first-class bathroom is only for first-class people. It's a reminder of that white trash (laughs) who didn't use the spray. Jamie Lissau's in the studio. Everybody's so excited about it. So we were talking about existential crises. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to go Louis C.K. here for a minute because mm. I wanted to play this clip for you. Did you. I don't know if you saw this on the Internet today. But Louis C.K. from time to time is a brilliant comic. He's a phenomenal comic. Yeah. Okay. As you know, um, in our industry, there's a lot of people that lean to the left. I feel like some people are impressionable in that they're trying to appease whatever that agenda happens to be to garner some type of acceptance or currency that would come from doing so. The two girls he did that thing in front of said he leaned to the left. Hey, Louis C.K., only man to get me too'd for sexually assaulting himself. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if we're going to get technical. Hashtag hashtag it's just me. Yeah, not a Catholic. He does celebrate Palm Sunday. Good night, everybody. Come on, Lissell. Let's talk about this. So I think part of the motivation here for Louie Mm -hmm. is that he did get into some Me Too hot water. Mm -hmm. But he has made it back to mainstream acceptability in the sense that he's selling out theaters. He actually won a Grammy. Yeah. It's pretty mainstream. Is this? I don't even want to say this out loud, but I feel like of the Me Too's. Yeah. His, to me, was the least damaging of the Me Too's as far as there being other... I mean, I, yeah. what he did was not But it right. was consensual. Yeah. He asked for permission, they said yes, and then it became, but we couldn't say no because he was a big star, which I feel like that's a little bit of a gray area because it's almost infantilizing women. It's saying, yeah. like, and now that he's older, it would definitely be a gray area if he pulled it out. You know? no. <laughs> the girl that... Um, <laughs> Good the girl that that happened to uh-huh. came to my show in Vegas last time I was there. Is that true? She's a friend of mine. So that's why she quit comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the CK thing. She's like, I could, you could me to me to the moon and back, but if I got to sit through one more Eskimo joke, I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's talk about it. So Louis talks, okay, mm-hmm. about opening up the border and who cares if America has problems. You know, other countries have problems. Like to me, before we even play the clip, what I took this as is he knows that's the popular sentiment on the left. And he used to take these positions. He famously wrote an op-ed. That's why I was surprised he got Me Too'd. He famously wrote an op-ed in The New Yorker that was saying that Trump was literally Hitler. He was one of those guys. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is how Hitler got started. He did the same thing. And uh, which was just, like, come on. Trump had a, a show on NBC for 15 years. So it's like, for whatever we think of him, you know, they've tried to portray him as like this fringe thing that rose up out of the cracks of society that no one knew was coming. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, unless you were watching him on NBC every Thursday night with 13 million other people. Yeah, on his hit TV show. Yeah, give me a break. So it was always a performative hysteria, in my opinion, the Trump thing. Doesn't mean I'm endorsing everything Trump's ever done. Could I ask um, you a question about the context of the clip you're about yeah. to play? So w- once you said, I go, I wonder, is this. St-? By the way, I was, I could never be me too. That's what happens when you never get girls. You have no, you just don't worry about it. I got, once I got uh, me neithered. Just a bunch of women. So is that, it, for context, is this, uh, and you're probably, about, you're probably about to get to this, but 
I would say, like, if he does this in stand-up, I'd be curious, does he make the point and then make everyone laugh? Or what is the – is he just talking Straight in college? Podcast. Is he this Straight, is a podcast. This is a podcast. Okay. And they're talking about the border. Take it away, clip 22. My feeling is they should open it, the border, and just let them pour it, let everybody pour in. And, and then the answer, which is, well, then there will be all these problems. Yes, there should be. It shouldn't be so great here is what I'm saying. In America, it shouldn't be. It's a weird thing to sequester a certain group of people and try to keep upping their lifespan Mm. and their lifestyle and just keep trying to increase that for this group of people. And then everyone's and then this pressure of people trying to come in so they can enjoy it. Uh, And then it gets worse and worse down here. I mean, I'm not Canada. It's really just from down here. Uh, There's something wrong with that. That's not a system that's working. And it forces people to do cruel things to other people. Okay, so there's a humanitarian angle here, which is like I'm just looking out for the little guy. Mm -hmm. But is he really looking out for the little guy in the sense that what an open border brings to this country doesn't affect him? Exactly. He's not the average American at all. If you've got millions of dollars, yeah, this doesn't affect you. And it's not like he's offering to house them. Right. And this idea that, no, it should suck here. No, it shouldn't. And it wouldn't for him. That's the point. So that's where I think this is him trying to curry favor. This is where I think... This happens a lot with comics, and it drives me crazy, is I think too many comics, Jamie, have gotten concerned with what the world thinks of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is like we got into an industry where we started out and to some extent always will be liquor pimps. Mm-hmm. We're distracting people with laughter Absolutely. while someone can sell them overpriced alcohol. 100%. Okay. And most of our success comes from the fact that we are, I'm not necessarily saying we're immoral people, but we're broken in some sense of the word. Mm-hmm. You know, we're kind of misfit toys. And I think what's happening is a lot of comics are more concerned with, you know, the moral assessment of their character than the funny assessment. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's the only thing you should ever have to focus on. But I think when he says something like this, this is, again, it's a branding exercise. Hey, I'm a good person just like you. I don't support the shutting down the border thing. But what's funny is, like, people who don't know any better, okay, an open border, okay, is created like an actual, like, humanitarian crisis where people are being sexually assaulted, people are dying of fentanyl, kids are being trafficked. So, I mean, there's a bigger argument to be made if we were going to get serious, which no one wants to hear us do, that an open border is less humane than a closed one. Yeah, do, and do you th- is there any part of you that thinks, and I don't know, I mm-hmm. agree with you, is, is there any part of him that thinks, oh, this is, he does, is any part of him stupid? Like, is it because he doesn't know? That he doesn't realize it doesn't affect him. He can say that's whenever I see a celebrity or someone with a ton to lose or no reason to speak an opinion when they do take a hard stance against the what everyone wants them to say. That's why I'm always extra impressed. Yeah, because you're like, wow, that person didn't need to do that. Their life is great. Like that's why they went against the grain. Yeah, yeah. When you go with the grain, yeah, that's that's the point. It's like you have the numbers. Mm-hmm. So he has nothing to lose in saying this. Right. But he actually does have something to gain in this sense because he has made it back to, as we said, playing clubs, selling out theaters. But he's not doing big Hollywood projects the way he was. And I think one of the paths to mainstream acceptability is, you know, I see the world the way you guys do. It seems like a pander is what I'm trying to say. A hundred percent. Is it not kind of fun, though? I feel like even five years ago. Uh huh. It was so dangerous to be canceled. Yeah, yeah. There were so many. You were always working underneath someone. And then something in the last five years. No, it's the best thing ever. There's happening. people that are uncancelable. Joe yeah. Rogan is uncancelable. Daily Wire is out there. There's all these platforms. But, but still, you're going to make way more money. Yep. Kind of like going towards the, what the masses want you to say. Yeah, that's what's going on. Let me give you one more. Here it is, clip 23. Folks die. 
And folks do labor in unsafe places so that we can keep the prices where we like them. There's so much about American life that other people pay for. That's part of it. But also, it's not good for us either. It's not a good way to live in a gated community. You know, <laughs> if, if you let folks pour in like any other wave, it'll kind of slosh. And then you'll just things will be different. I, I don't know, like, there. what'll really happen? A bunch of people, like, will they just come with knives and start kill, killing everybody? I don't think so. I mean, some of them. <laughs> there, was just a, there was just a guy, a murderer on the run in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. who escaped jail. By the way, only time in history authorities asked to be on the lookout for someone dressed better than a senator. <laughs> I was just in... I was right in. The, I mean, I was in Reading with the gang. Yeah, yeah. And that they, I think they found that guy right before that, the show. Yeah, it was right over there. They gave him a choice. What about when I was I was here doing Gutfeld when every when they everyone was staying they had um, Im- immigrants staying at the, a much nicer hotel. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Roosevelt. And I was staying at. It, yeah, there was like it was like a five star. I'm. I remember hearing this. I, I was I was there for a couple shows, and Gutfeld puts this up at a beautiful place. Yeah, but I remember sure. doing a couple shows, and I was putting myself up. Like, let me save some money. And their hotel was so much nicer than mine. Yeah, like like mine was in like this terrible neighborhood. I remember I went to I go to the front desk, and I go I go, "Where's the bathroom?" And he goes, "Just anywhere, oh, yeah. just anywhere <laughs> That's outside." So funny. Uh, it's like California homeless. They're better looking than you, right? <laughs> like, right. They have, they have abs. Like, dude, give me a dollar. What do you think? Where did you get those jeans? Like yeah. you've, you've heard my feel like I'm sad now, but I think that's what it is. I think it's a little bit of a pander. And I think what's happening and less comics are doing this now. OK, less comics. I think this was a bigger problem three years ago and five years ago in like the infancy stages of Trump. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of comics are getting away from because it's a branding exercise. You want to be accepted in those circles. But the truth is, like if you looked at like Richard Pryor, his most probably prominent special is where he deals people in on his life as a crackhead. For sure. It's not about being a morally upstanding person. It's mm-hmm. about like the height of flaw. And I think they're getting away from flaw and trying to be like, no, no, I'm, you know, a moral, morally superior character up here. Yeah. You know the guy who talks about fondling himself and banging underage girls for, for millions of dollars? I'm a good guy, you see. <laughs> That's what nobody gets about it. Yeah, don't you? I think, too, that uh-huh. because of podcasts, mm-hmm. we're just hearing people say too much. Yes, I agree with that. Spot on. Like, there's a lot of people, I always say, like, Facebook, Twitter, it needs a button called, who asked you? (laughs) You don't need need to know. It's like, this. my favorite thing is, it's not so much with comics, because at least we are at least trying to unearth truths and stuff. He does a bad job here. Okay. He does. He's but, a, gr- a brilliant comic, yeah, but brilliant in this, comic. in this, this is bad. This is nothing. It's just, it's, it's like he's a politician. Gated communities. I love he says it like he has an open door policy at his place. I mean, right. and he did. I mean, if you, you know, you wanted to watch the show, bring yeah. a poncho. But like what I, what it comes back to again and again and again is I think like so many of these people that are in, in his position, you know, they want to either be one of the beautiful people or get back into the graces of the beautiful people. But I think the people who are truly the beautiful people, we're talking about like Hollywood actors, mm-hmm. are not famous because of their moral character. They're famous because they hit the genetic lottery. Right. Like Matthew McConaughey is so good looking, um, they'll pay him $20 million to talk to himself in a Cadillac commercial. <laughs> There's not even a script. You're right. He's, he's, just he's the star around. and the uh, driving yeah, supporting actor. Sometimes when you see a mountain, you're having pancakes. And they're mm-hmm. like, Cadillac. And women leave a snail trail to the dealership to buy one because he's that good looking. <laughs> I read I, think- I read his book in the whole every he gave lots. It was a great book. But he, he gave lots of advice on like success and stuff. Uh-huh. And my mind kept going, yeah, but you're Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I mean, yeah but you look like uh, Matthew McConaughey. Might have helped you move up in the line yeah. a little bit. You Step know what I'm one, saying? look like Matthew McConaughey. No, no. 
And when we come back, uh, me and Jamie Lissell will give Matthew McConaughey more career advice because he needs it from us. He does. We're back after this. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That's my name. Don't wear it out. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and we have Jamie Lissau in studio for the full hour. That's stupid. Use your common sense. R. Kelly not a fan, but that's probably good. <laughs> that's probably good. I mean, there is a, you know, you do have to be over 18 to go to your shows. Can I tell you a quick R. Kelly story? <laughs> of course. It's not a bad one. We have sons that are not that far apart in age. Mm-hmm. My son's 13. I think yours is 14. Mm-hmm. He's graduating from... Do you know now every graduation's an event? Like whether it's yeah. eighth grade or yeah, yeah. Not like every. So he goes, Dad, I'd love you to be at my graduation. You no, know, no, you travel, put this on the calendar. So I put it on the calendar, and he texts me a week before the graduation. He goes, I'm thinking about wearing this. He loves rap music. He yeah. loves R&B. Thinking, think about wearing this for my graduation. Would you buy it for me? Mm-hmm. And it's a T-shirt, and it says Free R. Kelly, right? <laughs> and so I write back, buddy, you like. G- yeah. You should Google it, but I think yeah. he did like some bad stuff, and I don't think that's the right thing to do. And he writes back, "No, I Googled it. It's not that bad. Like it's it's like unsubstantiated." Well, he used like kid yeah. words to say like it didn't really happen. And then I go, "But I just don't think it's the right thing. Maybe you should do." And then like I'm like, "What is going on?" And then a couple months later, he writes me back and he says, "Oh, all all school." He goes, "We texted all our dads to see who would take the longest to tell us no." <laughs> it was just a bit, and I took the longest. He said I was the nicest to say no. Like every other dad was like, you can't. And I was like, okay, buddy, maybe you heard the wrong. They were just doing a bit. That would have, uh, I listen, man, I get it. <laughs> you're like, no, no, not if you're going to wear slacks. It's not going to match. Everybody else was like, that's wrong. Yeah. Well, at least you aren't the dad who was like, well, you know, don't judge him until you've seen these women. You know, at least, you know, it wasn't totally depraved. But I admire yeah. your honesty, Jamie Lissau. 30 seconds from a commercial break. Jamie and I, when we come back, are going to deal you into some real insight on what it's like to be us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope you like La Quinta's <laughs> dirty movies. Not being able to make eye contact mm-hmm. with the clerk when you check out, I think, would be a good place to start. Uh, and we'll get into some more politics. Howard Stern, the king of all media, very much behaving like the Prince Harry of all media this week. (laughs) Uh, We'll get into his gripes and grievances when we come back with Jamie Lissau on Fox Across America. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I got to tell you, we're having a very disappointing off-air conversation, Jamie Lissau and I. It's two comics talking about how to get off drugs, Mm -hmm. which when I got into stand-up, I was picturing green rooms. You know, it was like Rodney D. It was the 80s. Mountains of cocaine. We were not only talking about getting off drugs. We were talking about injuries from (laughs) just going through your daily work that you do. We weren't talking about, like, oh, I was skiing. Yeah. I fell off a thing. We were like, oh, I was using a mouse. Yeah, we we weren't even talking about getting off, like, fun drugs. No. Not even like drugs. We were talking about. So let me ask you that. Do you drink when you do stand up? So I haven't drank in seven years. All right. Good for you. Congratulations. So, so I'd say that's a much. no. I found what I did have definitely a little bit of a problem. I'm not like a recovery mm-hmm. guy or anything, but I'm not as good when I drink at anything. Yeah. Yeah. At life or anything. And I noticed with stand up when I did drink because, oh, I did drink, Jimmy. I drank a lot back in the day. I made sure I would for sure celebrate after the show. Uh-huh. But I remember. When I started videotaping my sets with an old VHS camera, uh-huh. I noticed that whenever I drank, I would get off stage and be like, am I great? What do you think, guys? I'm the best. I noticed the show is for me and not them. Oh, Jamie, what a man of the people. Right? It was, I felt like I was entertaining myself, but I'd watch the tape and go, I did not do that good. 
My yeah. brain was not working. It wasn't well, as sharp as it could have been. What we about all know, you? like the, the you know the classic guy who's in a fight and drunk mm-hmm. and thinks he's doing better than he is. Yes. He's like, "Why did you break it up, bro?" I'm like, "Dude, they were actually toe tagging your body." Yeah, you you were in the hospital. They were helping. <laughs> I didn't break it up. Actually, the EMS did. The yeah, paramedics was- did. It wasn't. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> but yeah, that's the point. I think it deludes you. But what I find is I don't feel like my brain is in, is as sharp mm-hmm. on any substance. So what Jamie and I were talking about off the air is I was on meds for my arm had like an inflammation mm-hmm. but i didn't like doing even this show on like met on meds like a muscle relaxant or yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah, like yeah, an, yeah, an yeah, anti-inflammatory yeah. and uh, yeah so and i just i just feel like my pro your process your process like if you're doing stand-up a long time you just you do it a certain way mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i think that's you know the answer that's the best defense i can give you of bill cosby <laughs> <laughs> you know what i think is funny? he's been doing it this way for so long i kid i kid what i think is very funny is that sometimes at comedy clubs uh-huh. when you're performing on stage mm-hmm. the crowd a waitress will walk up to the stage, middle of a bit, and she'll go, hey, these people want to buy you a drink. It used to be more prevalent back in the day, yeah, I think, yeah. when I would do more bars and stuff. And they would go, hey, there's a shot coming from table, whatever. And now I go, oh, I don't really drink anymore. But I remember back in the day thinking, that would – so if you're buy- if you're thinking, like, I love this man's comedy, these well-written jokes, I'm going to buy him a shot. That would be like if you were watching a guitar player and you were like, hey, the back table wants to smash your finger with a hammer. <laughs> like you're making it – Harder for me to do the thing that you liked a minute ago. Dude, I have people, Fox people, okay, that listen to this radio show that turn every live event. It's like, the you know the movie Selena, the president of the fan club actually kills her? Yes. That's every one of my live events. <laughs> no one offers to buy me a drink. They're Texan. They offer to buy you 400 drinks. Like they, they're right. shooting spare ribs at me out of a T-shirt gun as I leave town, like pelting the car in the side. There's barbecue sauce on the side of it. I think there's this fine line between hospitality and a hazing ritual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we just lap any of it up because we spent most of our careers opening for other people. Yep. And that's why I think we are so, so grateful. Like, I know you're a guy after Gutfeld. You meet, you meet the show. You meet the and you meet the audience on the road, right? Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, and it's like to me, it's the coolest thing in the world. It's first of all, it's fascinating that anybody want to meet me. Like I feel, I almost feel like they they should aim higher, <laughs> you know, because it's hard to make peace with the fact that meeting you or meeting me to some people would count as a significant life experience. Yeah, and did, did you remember? I'm, I'm sure you remember. You drove a cab. Yeah. I did. I was did everything. Yeah. I worked in factories and waited tables. And I did comedy, and nobody came, or or they came and they didn't know who you were, and yeah. so and that's a that memory of that, yeah. the gratefulness pours out of me yes. every time I do a Gutfeld show. I did it yesterday, uh-huh. and I walked out, and I took pictures of some people, and I remember them going, like, thank you for this. And I'm like, thank you for this. Yeah, Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, just the idea that if someone yells, like, uh, my name in public now, I don't have to run. So right. I don't, like, owe the money. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a bookmaker. Now it's like I'm on the train. Somebody's like, Jimmy Fallon. I turn around. I know I'm going to meet someone pleasant. I feel the same way where they go like, oh, I recognize you. And it used to be like, oh, you're the guy that peed down the stairs at that bar. <laughs> and now it's from Gutfeld. <laughs> Jamie Lissau is getting recognized from his TV work. And it's not just from Dateline is what you're trying to say. <laughs> it's, not, it's not just from cops, folks. Thanks to the, 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 the king of late night, there's also some well-meaning recognition coming your way. It's fun. It's fabulous. It nice. Jamie's going to be on the road. He's at the Egyptian Theater. It was as nice of a theater as I've ever played in Boise, Idaho. He is there December 9th. It's my first theater. And you have no option to hang out with me because you know what I'll be doing December 9th? What? So my whole audience owes you their attention. I'll be at the Dallas Cowboys game with my brother because we're taking him for his 50th birthday. Um, so I can't even offer the audience a competing event. You have the full support every re- we are marshalling all of our resources the government would say to the lissau comedy event at the egyptian theater december 9th Pro- is it a 7 p.m show as most of them are it's an 8 p.m whoa show. what is this new year's eve <laughs>
Come on, man. Well, the promoter, I remember, he goes, what date do you want to do? And I go, what's Falia doing? 12-9. Yeah. They go, he's going to be at that game. Uh, yeah, don't you love the early? I love the early show. I was Because our uh-huh. Gutfeld fans and Fox fans, they tend to be like our age now and like yeah, yeah. a little older and yeah. as opposed to like that young bar. I was at a show uh, a couple weekends ago, and in the front row there was like an older man, and his phone alarm went off, uh-huh. and like 60 people took their pills. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I've seen two versions of my demo. Okay. Uh Depending on the town, depending on the town mm-hmm. I'm in, when we were in Tampa, okay, and you've played, uh, what's the room we're thinking about? The Tampa Improv? Yeah, Ben, I'm actually there first week in October. It's been a while. Half of that crowd was strippers. It was unbelievable. Whether they knew it or not, they were strippers. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were either stripping or they were about to start stripping. They were retired strippers. They were wonderful people. Nicest, nicest people in the yeah. world. When I was in Bend, Oregon, and very interesting because I think it's regional. Bend, Oregon, I was telling you this off the air. It was close enough to Portland that my, we sold out the theater, but my name wasn't on the marquee. Hilarious. Because they didn't want like Antifa bringing me like a good luck brick. Mm-hmm. To the marquee is expensive. Yeah, to the front of the theater. So that was <laughs> good luck, yeah, a good luck brick. But that one, everyone there was my age, um, you know, so uh, early twenties, and uh, <laughs> no, but everybody there was my age, and they were like, it's like playing Vermont. There are certain fa- states that are so overwhelmingly liberal that if you show up, every conservative in the state does show up. That's right, they find each other, they every, find you. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like you're like at like some Sons of Liberty underground mm-hmm. event, and it's really fascinating to be doing comedy in that you know vein because. I don't consider this. I talk about this sometimes. I was telling Waters this the other night about the problem with partisan comedy. And people keep talking about this in terms of late night is, you know, Conan famously said last week that Trump ruined late night comedians. Okay, but it's late night comedians that ruined late night comedians. That's right. Because there were a lot of jokes you could have told uh, that didn't have to have an agenda to them. It's like for the same reason they don't trash Biden is they don't want to make the party look bad. But as a comic, you're not there for the Republican Party, the Democratic Party. I always say, like, we're there for the keg party. Like, that's who Mm -hmm. we're there on behalf of. And I think what a lot of comedians are forgetting is just that is that we're not supposed to be shaping people's voting, you know, priorities. That's right. Can you imagine if that's your rule? Yeah. Not being able to talk about Biden, who's extremely old. Yeah, yeah. You're not Kamala. Yeah. Fetterman. Can you imagine, like, that's hands off of those yeah, yeah. just gold mines of comedy? There's a guy who walked into the Senate straight out of a Bass Pro Shop. Yeah. <laughs> and not even the fall section, the summer section, the summer clearance rack in the fall. Sweatshirt, <laughs> Can you imagine, fish it, print shorts. And every day there's a new fun Biden thing that you can cannot talk about on your on your monologue that you have to write every single day. I just heard that like Biden every time he's in a presidential motorcade he's like are we being pulled over yeah every time <laughs> he sees the cops yeah he goes who, what do we do <laughs> tell him I'm the president well it's funny Jamie because I think that's what happened to them is that they're in this position where a lot of the good targets are off limits and that's what hurt it as it became predictable but what I'm you know and what I'm trying to say is I don't want to find myself in that lane so once in a while at a live show like if someone meets you to meet green like we got to save this country I'm like who's we I'm like, I just I got to make you laugh um, because I think the biggest contribution mm-hmm. we can make is just to take the edge off. And that's where I think the late night guys failed. I think it's getting past the point of them only being like one trick ponies in terms of the targets they'll shoot at is you can't take the edge off if every bit in your act is just getting you mad at the other side. Yeah, and you either you're either trying to convince someone that's not ever going to be convinced or you're in an echo chamber. And what's the point? Why not get a, a laugh? What would happen if. Uh, someone asked you, I think I know the answer, but like if someone said like, hey, I'm, I, I watch Fox every day. It's my favorite. But my, you know, my, my husband or my yeah. neighbor is, uh, is super liberal. I want to bring him to come to your comedy show. Will he have a good time? 
Uh-huh. What would you say to that? Oh, I would say absolutely, uh-huh. totally. Me too. Because I'm ta- I'm absolutely talking to them from like just a human perspective. Mm-hmm. Like this is ridiculous, and that's it. That's essentially what I'm saying. Same. And even if I'm taking a shot at a, at a democratic position, it's because it is patently ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not telling you men can't have babies because I want you to vote Republican. I'm telling you so you don't get your hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you're a man and you were always hoping yeah. to have a daughter, but you and your husband hadn't, you know what I mean. I mean, that's all. That's what. That's why I'm doing it. And, but no one wants to have that conversation. List out. That's why you and me are here saving the world. Mm-hmm. So another guy who was in the comedy business for quite some time, Howard Stern. Okay, and listen. Uh, you know, in terms of radio careers, he is a carnival cruise ship. I am the inflatable Somali raft. Mm-hmm. I would know? even say maybe Norwegian cruise ship. Yeah, maybe whatever. But the point is, I am the captain. You know, I am, if anything, yeah. hijacking an oil tank or on a <laughs> blow-up boat compared to Howard Stern. Legend. Legend. Yes. So we give him that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was speaking to criticisms that he'd gone woke. And he said, you know, yesterday, you know, like he's proudly woke, so be it. I just want to play this clip because there's something within the clip that even on a Howard level, it bothers me. Because it's not, you know, getting past the politics because he's always had political opinions, okay? This, I know, Josh, and thank you. I just want to read this one thing. Okay. It is, it's stern. Yes, he says he takes being woke as a compliment. Let's start at 20. I hear that oh, a lot, geez. that I'm, I'm not good anymore because I'm woke. I, I, my whole career I've well, been hearing. Well, maybe Metamucil is woke. Stop eating it. Yeah. By the way, I kind of take that as a compliment that I'm woke. I'll tell you how I um, feel about it. To me, the opposite of woke is being asleep. And if woke means I can't get behind Trump, which is what I think it means, or that I support people who want to be transgender or I'm for the vaccine, well, dude, call me woke as you f- want. Robin, by the way, interrupting with a Metamucil joke that... Just a bit outside. <laughs> he tried the corner and missed. Didn't quite make it down the middle of the plate. Is there a luckier person in the whole world than Robin? <laughs> To be friends like, with Howard. Listen, uh, you know, like when the when the people in, uh, who run like Fate Inc., you know, mm-hmm. who like kind of dictate how life goes, <laughs> like, listen, we're going to need you to spend the next thirty years going, oh Howard, mm-hmm. for a couple hundred million dollars. Does she does she have a, a dark secret just of the universe that she's keeping as a secret? Did, <laughs> did she say like, what, what do did you know? she do? But but the whole the whole proud woke thing, okay? Mm-hmm. And he takes it a step further to the vaccine, and I'll get into that too. Okay is I think woke has become a catch-all for anything conservatives don't like. But I think what it is, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about because we're comics, okay, is I think whether it was intentional or not, wokeism is a war on fun because it's what wokeism is is, hey, we're attuned to these injustices that other people don't see. But I think in order to spot them, you have to ruin a lot of fun things. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember that football game we were enjoying? Well, it's being played on stolen land. Like, ah, re- real, we, what, we just tailgated for two hours. They're having a hot dog race around the field. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know that we needed that, but that's what a lot of it is. It's like Aunt Jemima. Remember that comedian we yeah. were laughing at? Well, you shouldn't have laughed at those three things. You're a racist. Yeah, it turns out you shouldn't have laughed. And I think it's like, but a, but a lot of it, okay, because it's being, I, I consider it like cultural arson. They're setting fires where we didn't need one. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes the victims in the blaze are the people they purport to care about. Like, if we got into Aunt Jemima, so whoever played Aunt Jemima, th- that family was receiving royalties for 120 years because their great-great-great-great-great-aunt was Aunt Jemima. 
Yeah. But white people showed up. It's it's so much virtue signaling. Yeah, white people showed up like, this is racist. So they mm-hmm. took the money away from the black family in the name of, like, progress. Mm-hmm. But it ultimately hurts the people it means to help. So I think in a weird way it's a catch-all. But I think if we were trying to define it, it's looking for grievance where you'd normally find fun. Oh, that's that's good, Jimmy. I, I swear, I looked at this and tried to define woke and couldn't and yeah. i think that's really good well i that's think really that's accurate. a lot of, lot of what it is and and i think what frustrates me with like somebody like howard is you know he's obviously a monumental career that he's had but everything he did do would have fallen under the umbrella of anti-woke and oh, that he yeah. was punching down mm-hmm. it's like here is an actual midget uh here i'm wearing blackface i'm doing all these things you know mm-hmm. so my question to you is do a lot of people who embrace these positions, we kind of started talking about Louie like this, and I think Gutfeld says this, like a lot of the Jimmy Fallons of the world or the Jimmy Kimmels of the world would be so far on the wrong side of the cancel crowd if they didn't toe the line for them politically because they have things in their record like blackface that would get you whacked. Or the, the man show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the man show. <laughs> Lecture me again on female empowerment, Howard, as you were throwing slices of bologna onto the buttocks of strippers. Yeah, because Kimmel. Yeah. Managed, yeah. Kimmel was, you know, he'd go to a occasional makeup shop, spend a little too much time in there. Mm-hmm. He was putting on a little more than powder and concealer, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Fallon has a couple of those in his in his wake, too. So I think that's the problem, is I think a lot of the people who were ardently pro-fun have been duped into being woke in some sense of the word, because some of their pro-fun performances don't look, haven't aged well. So that's it's a, almost that's like a, a hostage point. situation. And it's also that they've already achieved this level being anti-woke that maybe they don't need to anymore. Yeah. You know, like it's the a, things that, yeah, that's wild. I mean, that's the thing about Howard is like he has actual F.U. money, mm-hmm. you know, and, as a, and he got it by being a guy who said F.U., yeah, I'm going to be totally honest with you. When I heard this story, because yeah. we almost covered this on Gutfeld, when I heard when I heard the story about his turn, I go, I thought he was dead. And this was after I saw the video of him talking about this. <laughs> it doesn't look it doesn't look good. He's yeah. like, it's it's one of those. They say never meet your idols. You know that whole thing. Yeah. Um. Yes. If you met him in person, he was the only one that was voted off America's Got Talent, and he was a judge. <laughs> Gotta go, man. It's I never happened before. Quick break. Back after this. <laughs> it's the number one show with humans and animals. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jamie Lissau's with me. We're in the bottom of the ninth on the show. You can see him live in person. He's at the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana in Vegas this weekend. Hey, girl. Hot show. Uh, in December 9th. I actually brought him on because I wanted to make sure I did everything in my power to help sell out the Egyptian theater. It's the best theater. You're I gonna can't love wait. it. You're going to love it so much. And Oops. you've seen shows there. Or, I, or, what did you do there? I opened for Rob Schneider there. Oh, you opened for Schneider? Two years ago. Oh, okay. So you know you've worked there. You and get it, it. It was amazing. It's but my it, first theater. No, no. It is the nicest theater to headline because the motif is in the room. It's in the lobby. It's in the old school green. Like, you're going to love it so much. Psyched. Stand-up has a way for people like us. Remember the movie Almost Famous? Kind of. Like, well, they're basically, like, you know, someone's traveling with this band. And they're like a happening cool celebrity for like three weeks till they're no longer traveling with the band. Mm -hmm. And then like reality sets in. There's a lot of moments in showbiz, you know, that really have you thinking like, wow, 
You know what I mean? I'm like Jack Nicholson now. Yeah. And then the next day. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> fleeting, know? but yeah, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> it's like very, a lot of fleeting moments. But that's one of those moments that'll make you think it's it's going much better than it is. Wow, that's good to know. No, it's good to know. That's but exciting. it is going great. It's going great. You're all over the chat. You're on Gutfeld again. Come on, you're making moves, slanging jokes with the King of Late Night. That's exciting. It's the best. It's the best. And Isn't it fun that you do Gut? I tell people what my favorite thing about Gutfeld is when I did The Tonight Show, mm-hmm. I worked on my set for nine years, mm-hmm. nine years to do yeah. a five-minute set to yeah. do The Tonight Show. Gutfeld, you write the jokes that afternoon yeah, yeah. and do them for two and a half oh, million people. It's like walking a tire. It's super fun. And no one checks. No one cares. You do whatever the hell you want. That's right. Okay, if you were to go to do The Tonight Show right now, your set would go to 40 lawyers. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? And then it goes to these other people. Then it goes to the sponsors. No. One thing about Gutfeld is it is the Trump of late night. Mm-hmm. You know, Trump is clearly not scripting anything. That's right. There's no strategist, and it's pretty apparent when he gets out there, mm-hmm. okay? That's Gutfeld. Okay, we've pulled the goalie. We're doing whatever the hell we want, Yep. and it's fabulous. So for that, uh, you are welcome, America and the world. Jamie Lissau, we did this, and I've been credibly informed that I'm still employed at the network after this hour. I it, love it. It Thank was you. touch and go on the way in, <laughs> but we did it. Uh, watch him on TV. Go see him at the Egyptian Theater. The show is over! I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.